With improved survival and an ageing population, the number of people living with coronary heart disease in the UK has increased to an estimated 2.3 million. There is increasing evidence that cardiac rehabilitation benefits patients with cardiac disease and health professionals need to be aware of this intervention as it is now recommended in international guidelines. I'm Sophie Cook, Clinical Reviews Editor, and today I'm joined by the authors of this week's clinical review on cardiac rehabilitation, Hasnain Dalal and Rod Taylor, and also Jenny Wingham, a senior clinical researcher in cardiac rehabilitation. Rod, can you start by telling us a bit about what cardiac rehabilitation entails? Sure. Thank you very much, Sophie. So yes, cardiac rehabilitation has been around for some time. Um, and in fact, if we, go, if we go back, I don't know, maybe let's say 80 years ago, our, our whole approach to dealing with people who had heart attacks in those days has, has changed so radically since then. I mean, in the early 1930s, for instance, we, we, we used to restrict the physical activity and, and, and prescribe bed rest for people after they'd had, had a heart attack. Um, but during the, the late 40s, early 50s, that, that approach has changed where we were very much realizing that actually what we shouldn't be doing is telling our patients to be um, <coughs> inactive, but actually promoting their activity. And, and it began with what was called chair therapy, where literally patients used to get out their chair and walk around the wards. So what we now have where patients... Um, are routinely when they have a heart attack or they've had cardiac surgery or if they have other diagnoses such as heart failure we prescribe for them a variable length of program depending on where you might be in the country but typically 12 weeks and again that can either be a program that patients can come into in the hospital or they can do uh, in, in their home setting that really involves three components, Sophie. So, so one is the, the, this issue about promoting activity and making people more active. Exercise therapy clearly is beneficial in improving the physiology and the recovery of the heart in the vasculature. But also two other components. Um, one, educational, I guess, um, understanding better why one takes drugs um, to, to improve, such as beta blockers and how might they might be working and trying to improve adherence, um, as well as also promoting other healthy lifestyles, such as diet. And then the third factor is often people after diagnosis are anxious or depressed um, and, and may need also some psychological support. So helping people, for instance, with stress management or even providing um, more intensive psychological interventions aimed at the depression. So a long way to say we've, we, we've traveled a, a, a huge distance um, since the, the early 1930s, but we now have a very uh, formal, I guess, comprehensive definition of cardiac rehabilitation that we now um, wish that clinicians would like to be offering their patients. So it's very much not just exercise as well, it's also other components to make it quite a sort of holistic program. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and indeed it's... It's interesting as we may go on and talk about, and indeed as we present in our paper, that historically the, the, the trials, the, the randomized trials in this area have, have somewhat focused on exercise as being the therapy. And indeed we, 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 we often use in our, in our Cochrane reviews in this area the term exercise-based cardiac rehabilitation, but that's a very key term that exercise is one component of what is what we refer to as a comprehensive program. And as I say, that's certainly other aspects such as education 
um, and also psychological management as well as other areas of secondary prevention of their disease as well. Rod, let's talk a bit about the evidence that you discuss in the view in the review. Sure. What clinical outcomes benefit from cardiac rehabilitation? Sure, great question. So our reviews have effectively focused on on I guess two main outcome domains. So, so the first one is sort of classic in the whole area of, of cardiovascular interventions, which is is the whole issue of, of events, so mortality and morbidity. And then the other area that we've looked at in these reviews, which we think is particularly relevant for patients, is, is quality of life. So let me just briefly summarise, if I may, then what 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 these reviews show. So we our, our Cochrane reviews, and we. Again, we discussed there are various Cochrane reviews in our paper, but if we focus on perhaps the two largest reviews to date, which is um, Cochrane review in patients who are post-heart attack and had had a recent revascularization, and then also a review in heart failure. Now, both of those reviews quite clearly show now that rehabilitation um, improves ones um, in the case of heart attacks, cardiovascular mortality risk, so you could reduce your risk of future cardiovascular mortality. And, and both reviews show that if people are undertaking rehabilitation compared to people who don't, they can reduce their risk of downstream hospitalization, going back into hospital as the result of their initial diagnosis. And clearly, that, that's a very important outcome for patients. I mean, not having to go back into hospital, um, but, but clearly for healthcare systems, because that's going to be reducing the demand on systems and therefore future costs. So that's, if you like, a very quick summary of the, pot of the, of the clinical events. Um, also, we, as I mentioned, we looked at quality of life. And again, in both um, these reviews, we demonstrate that by undertaking cardiac rehabilitation, patients can substantially improve their quality of life. So I think the the message that we've taken away from um, the reviews is, is that it's certainly for patients that you know rehabilitation isn't just about necessarily lengthening one's life, but certainly trying to improve the quality of that life. Um, it seems to be what we can say pretty much for sure, given the data as it stands at the moment. Great. I think now we'll move on to Hayes to talk a bit about the patients who are suitable for cardiac rehab. Hayes, first of all, Rod has mentioned some of the patients who have been incorporated in the evidence, but can you tell us which patients we know benefit from cardiac rehab? So which patients should doctors be thinking might be suitable for referral onwards for this intervention? Well, uh, obviously, the, 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 the research or the original work was done in patients post myocardial infarctions, patients who've had heart attacks. So they were the category who were, where we had the evidence from. Increasingly over the years, you know, we've widened now. So patients who have heart attacks uh, increasingly go on to have revascularization. So they may have had a stent uh, or they may go to bypass surgery. And certainly there is evidence for that group as well. So any patients who have had coronary revascularization will also benefit. But increasingly, we're now getting uh, the, uh, evidence in trials which include patients with with heart failure, and there's some trials with patients who've had uh, angina. So we're getting, you know, a, a, the, 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 the sort of uh, benefits of rehabilitation is spreading to 
more groups of patients with coronary heart disease. That's interesting because I think traditionally people probably do think of it as just the people who've had heart attacks. But as you say, it's useful to know that that scope is, is broadening. I also find quite interesting when Rod was talking about history of, you know, of rehabilitation after cardiac sort of events. We think about long ago when people used to be prescribed bed rest and now we're asking them to take on quite active programmes. I just wonder, do you ever find that some patients think it's odd that they're being referred for an exercise intervention so soon after a cardiac event? Yes, I think... uh the inclination of the, the patient and carers and family around is to say you've had a heart attack, you should have rest. That's the, the, the sort of perception. That that's, and we know from, from the evidence that, that, that you know, activity, physical activity is actually beneficial, good. And, and the sooner the better. Obviously, once the patient is stable uh, after heart attack, if they're not having any arrhythmias, the blood pressure is, is satisfactory, they're feeling better usually within 24, 48 hours, it is good to promote physical activity from a very early stage. And we think of this as, as perhaps, as Rod said, in, in the past, uh, people would prescribe bed rest. But if we go back to William Heberden in the 18th century, he prescribed, uh, he described, he was the first uh, physician to describe angina pectoris, and he actually prescribed physical activity uh, for a patient and uh, suggested he should carry on sewing wood and that patient benefited. So historically, if we go back, we did start off with, with exercise, you know, uh, for our heart patients. And uh, I think it was a surgeon who came up in uh, the late 18th century who suggested that perhaps we should be going to strict bed rest, you know. So I think historically, we, we've gone around one full circle. And now from the 50s, we know that the chair-based treatment that Rod talked about is beneficial. And increasingly, we know that physical activity as long as the patient is not getting any symptoms, is uh, is good. And the more, the better, in fact. And I'm sure Rod's got the evidence, you know, that in trials where patients have done more uh, physical activity, the, the, the outcomes uh, they have uh, are better in terms of morbidity and mortality. So you've mentioned that patients have to be symptom-free in order to qualify to be referred. Are there any other sort of clinical criteria that doctors need to be aware of uh, to make sure that patients are safely referred for cardiac rehabilitation? Yes, there are good guidelines, and I think the guidelines from the European Society of Cardiology and from the American Heart Association both give very good uh, information. We refer them to in our paper, but the, the patients basically need to be uh, be stable with their symptoms. So really, we don't want patients who are getting uh, chest pain or short of breath at rest, uh, or are having any significant arrhythmia. If a patient is complaining of palpitations, then clearly they should be uh, assessed, uh, you know, with uh, an ECG. Perhaps uh, uh, have an ambulatory ECG to find out what's going on. So patients should be stable from those sort of cardiovascular symptoms before. Uh, they're subjected to exercise. But exercise is only one component, so it doesn't mean because they can't do exercise, you can't uh, support them uh, with the education uh, aspects or the counselling. But a lot of these patients who end up, I think something like one in five patients who uh, has a heart attack or is going under rehabilitation has got uh, clinical depression, you know, so we ought to be addressing. Depression is, is, is a big factor. Most of these patients, when they're admitted, they're highly anxious as well. So we tend to forget the psychological morbidity, which can be addressed early on without the exercise. I know we tend to focus on the exercise because that's historically where we started. But as we said, there's more to it than just exercise. So again, the message is that even if somebody isn't necessarily suitable for the exercise component, don't don't discount a referral because they might benefit from other components of the programme. 
uh, in fact, if you look at the, the patient's perspective, the story in, in, in the paper uh, that Philip Bowman describes, he says he didn't attend the gym-based exercise for mm -hmm. eight weeks. However, earlier on in the same thing, he said that he had a home visit by a nurse, and that is part of cardiac rehab. You know, somebody visiting you and telling you and giving education, making you realize why you had this event, what you could be doing at home, uh, and, and the psychological aspects are also important to address. And, you know, there are other factors about diet and medication, which we haven't mentioned. I'm so important that patients realize why they're on the medication, the possible side effects, and why it's important to continue these long term. And that's why the engagement between secondary and primary care, which we've also highlighted in the paper, is so important that patients don't forget that this is a long-term illness, that once they've been diagnosed and discharged from hospital, it's not like having your appendix out. You know, it's, it's something that you have to take seriously for, for the rest of your life. But it's not just about exercise, it's also about lifestyle and your psychological well-being. Jenny, perhaps if I can bring you in here now, um, I'd like to I'd like to ask you a bit about how you counsel patients who are about to embark on an, on a cardiac rehab program. What do you discuss with them regarding the risks, the benefits, and how do you explain what what's about to sort of happen over the course of the the rehabilitation program? That's a really good question because it's important that patients do engage with the program in order to receive the benefits. It actually starts right from the time that they first have their cardiac event, so perhaps they've had a myocardial infarction, and it starts before they leave hospital so that they get visited by a member of the cardiac rehabilitation team um, who looks at their various risk factors and explains about the cardiac rehabilitation program and the benefits that they would have and has been suggested um, looking at quality of life as well. It's also really helpful if the doctors that are on the wards and also in GP surgeries can promote cardiac rehabilitation as very much part of the treatment, that it is as important as perhaps having um, a stent inserted and also the medications that we've briefly talked about. So it's about putting it as part of the treatment. I think that's an important message. Mm -hmm. When talking to patients, it's about recognizing with them, getting them to talk about how they feel as, um, about what's happened to them. And many people are really quite scared and are frightened about what the future will be. So it's promoting that cardiac rehabilitation gives them an opportunity to talk through their fears and their anxieties and to say that we are um, hoping to improve quality of life to set them back on the path to recovery and also to help reduce the chances, though well, you can never eradicate the chance, but reduce the chance of an event happening again. Thank you. I think it's interesting, we've talked about the benefits of, of cardiac rehabilitation, but I also just wonder a little bit more about the statistics regarding safety. Rod, perhaps you could talk a bit about how safe we think cardiac rehab is from the trials that have been undertaken. Yes, by all means. Interesting that many of the trials that I've reported, as I said earlier, look at mortality, and it's interesting that mortality, in many ways, is quite a useful outcome in the sense that it's both a benefit potentially of rehabilitation, but also potentially a harm. And certainly, what we're able to say when we look at overall mortality is that there's no evidence that rehabilitation increases your risk. Of overall mortality, so you know, if a patient says, "Well, you know, okay, I I, I may get cardiovascular benefits, but I, I, am I going to put myself at risk?" Certainly, from the trials, there seems to be no clear evidence 
that that's the case. Um, what's probably more helpful, though, when we think about safety is the trials tend to be fairly short in their duration. Uh, so therefore, we've looked, and, and indeed we mentioned in the, the paper, there have been a couple of long-term observational studies that have looked at the risks of longer-term cardiac rehabilitation. And I think that the figures that we quote are somewhere around uh, around one cardiac arrest per million patient hours of exercise training. So again, very much being driven by this notion that rehabilitation is just exercise. Of course it's not, but that might be the bit that worries patients the most. The most. In other words, when I am being more active, am I going to increase my risk? And I guess what the figures say is, is that the likelihood of that is actually very, very small, the risk of having a death during exercise at, at the time of exercise is very low. And of course, the message is that, okay, quite clearly, any of us when we exercise, and that includes me too, actually my, my risk of death during exercise is actually higher than when I'm not. But of course, the downstream benefit of being active for the rest of my day far outweighs the, um, the, the, if you like, the acute risks of being active at any one moment in time, and, and, and it certainly seems to be that's the case for cardiac rehabilitation too. That's very interesting. I think, Jenny, maybe this is a good question for you. I'd like to know a bit about after the course of rehabilitation is over, what sort of longer term advice are patients giving regarding, say, the exercise programme, diet, lifestyle, and is there any sort of recommendations that you give them for their longer term health? There are a lot of um, things that can be done for the long term and it's an important part of cardiac rehabilitation is what we call self-management um, so that what we're, in, what we're enabling patients to do is to recognise that their treatment of cardiac rehabilitation is not just for the weeks that they are working with their health professionals but that it is a lifestyle change um, for good. Across the UK there are various ways that, um, that patients can be supported and um, there are um, ongoing um, groups, what we traditionally used to call phase four um, rehabilitation groups. They're often done with an exercise um, uh, um, specialist who um, continues some exercise program. They're also followed up um, in GP surgeries once a year and a, usually um, it's the practice nurse who's had special training who will go through um, what patients are doing um, and to encourage uh, lifestyle change. Most rehabilitation departments also um, are happy that if patients have questions down the line that they can contact the department and I know that certainly happens um, in Cornwall from time to time. But it is about over the course of the treatments is enabling patients to become more confident so that they after the program has finished can continue their um, their, their lifestyle changes and I know in Cornwall over the time that we've been doing um, research here we've come across several patients who have reported that they have continued to do uh, to make their lifestyle changes. And I'd also like to say with the exercise front it doesn't always mean that people have to go and join a gym. Many do but there are other things like walking based programs perhaps with the Ramblers Association, or many councils now have walking programs. Um, there are a number of, of other options. And of course, other forms of um, activity are also recommended. There are chair-based exercises. 
Um, and it could be that if, if people were doing other forms of exercise before they had their heart condition, they can return to those as well. Um, and on the psychological front, if there are um, enduring problems at the end of the rehabilitation programme, then the staff will refer them onwards to other health professionals, um, such as, such as long-term psychologists or, or counsellors. So there is quite a bit that can be done after the programme. But I say the aim is to improve patients' confidence and their awareness and knowledge of what they need to do to make lifestyle changes for good. Thank you. And Hayes, perhaps finally we could just talk a bit about some of the barriers that you mentioned in the review to cardiac rehab. You, you explained that there are some patients groups, for example, women and some people from different ethnic minorities, where cardiac rehab uptake remains suboptimal. Do we know why this is? Uh, yes, I think we, we do. I think one of the reasons why certain groups, uh, because most traditionally cardiac rehabilitation has been provided in, in hospitals, in centre-based settings, even in the community, it's usually in gyms. So attending or getting there is just sometimes, we found that patients tell it, it's difficult. It could be due to transport. It could be just the woman uh, is not able to go out of the house as easily as a man would. You know, now that may be, you know, something that in certain cultures it's not so easy. We know that uh, women in ethnic minority groups find it difficult to attend. Elderly people for reasons of multimorbidity and again problems with transplant, especially in places like Cornwall, they, they do find it. So the, the, there are uh, issues about getting that. In certain parts, uh, in the States, I think it's to do with socioeconomic reasons. You know, the people just can't, uh, the lower classes, they can't afford. Medicare probably doesn't pay for, for your rehab, so you don't have it. You know, So there the, are the economic mm -hmm. reasons why patients will, will, will not attend cardiac rehab. And that's why we've suggested that the, the one way of overcoming this is providing alternatives to the traditional centre-based cardiac rehabilitation. Thank you. And finally, for listeners who might want to learn a bit more about cardiac rehabilitation outside of your review, where could they find information for themselves or information that they could share with patients and what resources could you recommend? Perhaps Jenny, do you want to suggest some that might be useful? Okay. Um, if, if people, if health professionals want more information, actually our British Association for Cardiovascular Prevention and Rehabilitation has a very good website with additional resources. Um, the um, you, um, ESC also have um, a website, and that's, there's also one that's patient-focused as well. Uh, and there, there is, there is uh, a lot within um, the literature as well that's, that's not being referred to. Um, and, of course, I mustn't forget the British Heart Foundation, who have quite a selection of booklets, and their online resources are, are very helpful. And there's, there's information for both patients and for um, health professionals too. There's also another good organisation called Health Talk Online, um, and they actually have um, interviews with um, patients who've been through cardiac rehabilitation so that people can learn what it's like. It's all about personal stories. Uh, and, of course, I must mention NICE as well. They've got information for the public as well as for health professionals. So, Hayes, what does the future hold for cardiac rehab and what research is ongoing at the moment? So the future is really to look at alternative ways of providing cardiac rehab. There was a systematic review, I believe we've referred to it earlier, looking at the alternative to centre-based rehabilitation. Traditionally, it's been provided in centres, usually in hospitals, but also in community centres, but it's all to do with group-based rehabilitation, whereas the future, I think, is to look at alternatives to try and reach and provide 
alternative. So people's choose. There's patient's choice. Jenny wrote an interesting paper on listening to patients about choice in cardiac rehabilitation. And I think we'll get more adherence and uh, to, to your invitation if we can uh, uh, provide patients different alternatives. And the alternatives, as I say, uh, in the UK currently, we've got something called the heart manual for patients post-MI or post-revascularization. But as I pointed out, patients with heart failure find it difficult to attend groups. And we're looking at our research, which is uh, the rehabilitation uh, reach HF study, which is looking at a heart failure manual, uh, and we've developed this intervention uh, so from so scratch really with behavior scientists, and we're now looking to evaluate it uh, in a randomized trial in four centres, which includes Cornwall, uh, Wales, Birmingham, and York. And we're hoping that we'll be able to report uh, in a couple of years' time the findings of of, of this uh, study whether. Uh, something provided at home for patients with heart failure does provide uh, benefits which are equivalent to what people get in, in the centre. Rod, Hayes and Jenny, thank you very much for joining us today to talk about your review. Thank you very much. Real thank pleasure. you very much, Sophie. It's been great talking to you.